Welcome to the show. And our today's guest is a speaker, life purpose, and business coach, and also a podcaster. After overcoming life-changing hardships and loss, he learned how to harness the power of reliance and positive thinking to shed limiting beliefs and transform his life. Now he teaches people how to build everlasting reliance so they, that they can overcome any challenge in life and reach their goals. So and he is none other than Umar Jang. And we are glad to have you here in the show. So how are you feeling? Feeling good. Uh, thanks for having me, Mahmoud. Yeah, it's amazing to have you here, actually. Uh, so tell us so uh, tell us about what were your previous limiting beliefs and how did you overcome it? So what was the process for you? Yeah, for me, my previous limiting beliefs came from the fact that I was I was born. Well, first of all, I was born and raised in West Africa in Senegal. I now live in the United States and have been for twenty plus years. And uh, um, one of my limiting beliefs really had to do with my my background and my upbringing. It wasn't debilitating per se. It wasn't preventing me from living my life and doing things. But it really came to light when I when I started when I actually came to the U.S. and started to realize that some of my beliefs were could potentially hold me back. And one of them was fatalism. So in other words, something bad would happen back home, back in, in Africa and in a lot of very religious countries. Something would happen and people say, oh, that's an act of God. There's nothing we can do about it. That kind of thinking, which is, yes, you know, it may be an act of God. It is an act of God, but... God has given us knowledge, unlike any other beings, unlike any other other cre- and cre- of his creations out there that that doesn't have that that knowledge and that that free will and the willpower to make your choices and change your your life for the better, right? So when I started thinking about that, for example, I'll give you a concrete example. When I came to the U.S. and started, I always aspired to do great things and to to at least impact my community and the world. And I started kind of questioning, you know, can I really have do this thing? Can I have that job? Can I build this business and that kind of thing? And that limiting belief had to do with whenever I had an obstacle in my path, I would think, well, in the back of my mind, I would hear people say, oh, that's an act of God. There's nothing you can do about it. Where really when I when I was honest with myself, I realized, well, obstacles are made so that we as people can overcome them. And the best things in your life happen when you overcome an obstacle and come out on the other side, then the world opens up to you. So I had to overcome that fatalism mentality in the back of my head to be able to get there. That's amazing. So you, uh... Yeah, so you went, like, how did this transition? So, like, how did this happen? So you said, like, you transformed from having limiting beliefs of can I have it like, or can I do it or not? So how, so to which state did you reach? So basically, so now what do you think? So let's say you are seeing an obstacle. So what are you thinking right now? Yeah, the the mentality really the 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 mechanism that did it for me and that worked very well was the fact that i realized that obstacle equals opportunity 
when you overcome the obstacle, right? So whenever there's something challenging that happened, think about you when you were going to school or when you had a challenge in your life, for you to get your degree, you have to do the exam. For you to get to the exam, you have to attend classes. And for you to attend classes, you have to wake up every morning. And uh, even if you're feeling a little sick or maybe, you know, maybe the night before you had a challenge or, or something, something challenging happened in your family. So each of those are obstacles, small obstacles in some cases and, and in other cases, they may be big obstacles, right? So you, let's say you're going to school and then and then the, the bus or the, the your car breaks down on the side of the road. That's an obstacle. You have two choices. You can find a way to, to get to school or you can go back home, right? So for me, it, it once I made that connection that, wow, all of the obstacles that happen in my life big or small, when I overcame those obstacles, the world opened up. I, I learned so much more. I was equipped with so many more tools and skills and life skills that I was able to do better and grow, uh, not only personally, but uh, professionally and financially. So once I made that realization, every time I see an obstacle now, I think, oh, opportunity. This means opportunity if I can just overcome that obstacle. So that's really what did it for me. That perception that whenever you have a challenge, you need to go through the steps of saying, this is a challenge. What do I need to overcome this challenge so that I can reach, I can have better opportunities on the flip side of that challenge. Okay, interesting, very interesting. So like now for you, like every obstacle is an opportunity. And I really like the example that you gave was like, uh, if a car breaks uh, while going to school, if a car break, breaks down, you have two options. Either you go to school through any other way or just come back. And in that situation, there, there will be people who have both of their perception. Either some, some will aim to go to school because that's important for them or some will actually try to get back home because that's important for them. Let's say they have some work. And yeah, so I really like, yeah, I really like, like this perception that you have. So, uh, so how, like, when did that happen, basically? So how long ago from now did that thing happen for you? Like, you understood that obstacle is equal to opportunity. I think it happened sooner in my life than I realized, but I, I became conscious of it happening when I, I started to really improve my life. That meaning when I started to get into the professional world of 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 you know coaching or even before that well before that when i started looking for jobs and and struggling and and maybe not getting a job that i wanted or not getting a long time ago i used to to work as a uh, like a sales guy i would go door to door selling uh, this was back home in africa selling marble and granite pieces right I would knock on people's doors and say, hey, I have this great product. You know, do you want to buy it? I see that you have a construction going on. And a lot of people would say, no, not interested, right? No, not interested. And that's when it started in the back of my mind saying, instead of saying, well, this was meant to happen or, or even thinking, well, if this is meant to happen for you, it's going to happen. That is true. I am a firm believer of that, however, Nothing is going to happen in your life if you don't take action to negate the obstacle. So, meaning, if the you know in physics they say for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. 
it, the same thing happens in life. If you have an obstacle, if you don't apply the same and opposite reaction or force to push it out of your way, and uh, and this is uh, metaphorical, of course, but you have to take action to negate whatever challenge comes your way for that to happen. So it was starting to to grow in the back of my mind because when I was doing this, this was I was a teenager back then, right? But it, I started forming the subconsciously that thought of if you want something to happen in your life, dude, you got to take action and you got to you got to do what you need to do to overcome the obstacle. That's when it started clicking. But then it really came to fruition, or came to I came to the realization when uh, when actually when I came to the U.S. and then had to basically start from scratch because I had to to go back to school literally because of the I was from a French education system and, you know, I had to, when I came back to, to, to the U.S., when I came to the U.S., I had to go for my degree, my bachelor's degree, right? And with that came the challenge of, of uh, well, even before that came the challenge of my English was fluent because I learned English in, in middle school and in high school in a French system back home, but it was British English and I wasn't exposed to, to the American culture. So not only did I have to go back to school, get a degree, but I had to learn the the cultural nuances and the, the the nuances in the English language as spoken in the United States, and of course going to job interviews and being told no, and in, I could have really buckled at any time during those challenges, during those challenging times, but I because I I started fighting off that those obstacles and fighting off that tiny voice in your head saying, can you really do this? Should you really be here? And of course, sometimes it comes with imposter syndrome telling you, man, what are you doing here? You don't deserve to be here. You don't deserve this. Fighting that off and saying, you know what? I do deserve this, right? And good things are going to happen once I overcome this obstacle and kill this head in my voice. And that's when it really came came into place. And then I, I embraced it as a philosophy and as a mechanism for achieving great things in life. So now you talked about imposter syndrome that when someone reaches a goal, you're the back of the head says that you don't deserve it. That's imposter syndrome, right? So now let's turn the opposite thing. So if you face a difficulty and from the back of your head, you're here listening that you deserve this bad situation. So now how can someone overcome that thought? Well, I don't think it's actually a bad thing if you have a voice in your head that's telling you, you deserve this, you need to do this. I call that motivation and ambition because you need that drive almost to be able to, to push you to achieve things, right? One of the, one of the biggest things that, that, that differentiates Mahmoud, for example, you and maybe some other people who, I mean, you have a podcast, at some point you have to think about the idea and launch your podcast. I am sure you went through some thoughts saying, Mahmoud, what are you doing? You know, is this going to work? Who's going to listen to this podcast? And and why are you doing this? This is time consuming and it's a lot of work, right? But then you have on the flip side, a head in your, a voice in your head telling you the opposite saying, come on, Mahmoud, this will work. People will love you. This will be great for your brand. This will be great for sharing your message with the world. And thank God you had that voice in your head because that gave you the motivation and the, the the power and the resilience to take action and make this happen, right? So that voice is needed. That voice balances out 
our our tendency sometimes to procrastinate and not do what we need to do okay uh, basically i uh, you said a very wise thing uh, but like i meant a bit different thing so let's say uh, i said uh, let's say i am facing a bad situation so uh, i'm in a really bad situation and back of my head is saying that i deserve to be in this bad situation oh i see yeah the, yeah the flip side yeah i think that's that's really kind of putting yourself down so there's victim blaming which is when you are blaming someone and saying well you got mugged because you were wa- walking down the dark alley at midnight <laughs> that you shouldn't have been doing we say that to other people or we think it maybe we don't say it but it also happens to to us we do that to ourselves right and we we may say well this happened to you because it's your fault right well th- there is there there's a thin line between when we make a mistake and and when we find ourselves in a situation where we didn't really necessarily do anything wrong for life things things bad to happen to us in our lives right and i think part of that has to do with trying to to make sense of of things that happen in our lives right so when someone passes away uh, you know let's say you are in in a in a situation where a car accident and everyone gets hurt and you're not hurt you come out and you you you're maybe the sole survivor or the only person who didn't get hurt and you start thinking you know i don't deserve to to why didn't why didn't anything happen to me right so but i think in that situation the reason we do that is because we we try to make sense of of you could say some may call it miracles or some may call it um just life right so when bad things happen to us we we tend to justify it by either blaming ourselves blaming others blaming the situation whereas it could just have been you know the luck of the draw that you know that that bad thing happened to you it doesn't mean that it's your fault or that you are a failure or or whatever and and i mean thank god bad things happen to us because they teach us to be they teach us to be more resilient but also to be to learn from from those things so whether it's a mistake or a bad thing that happens to you right so you know as a child when you you, you learn about fire because you, maybe you put your hand on a on a hot uh, a candle light or on a stove or a piece of charcoal that was steaming hot then you learn from that experience right was that bad was it your fault yes or no but what happened did you learn from it you learn to recognize fire now you're never going to put your hand in fire again so i think partly i see those as life teaching us lessons and we should be very careful as to not blame ourselves for that okay so i i want to share one thing so uh, previously i was like this so uh, i used to take responsibility to such extent for anything that i do or to an extent that i used to blame myself that anything that happened is like my responsibility and my fault in a sense so uh, so now so i turned from that like from be like blaming myself to my responsibility so what would be your suggestion to help someone who is blaming right now himself for anything that happens in life to go to a situation where he takes his responsibility but doesn't blame himself yeah i think i would 
tie it back to, to two things. One is when bad things happen to us, it's, it's actually, it's, it could be, you can see it, you should see it as a blessing in that when you come out on the other side, you are a, bit, a stronger person, a more resilient person, and you come out of, on the other side with life lessons that you are going to potentially need for a future challenge that's coming your way. So I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. So when I was 15, I spent time in a refugee camp, a Red Cross refugee camp. Some of the lessons I learned in that camp have served me well and very well. They made, they made me more compassionate. They made me more resilient. And they made me more prone to looking at, at challenges and at life as a blessing in that you know, I survived that and I, I used those lessons to grow myself and to be a, a stronger, more, more confident person, right? And when I was at the camp, I'll just give you a quick example here, but one of the things I learned there was the power of communication and the power of aligning yourself with other people, right? So when I was in the camp, the first few days, I was struggling to find food, even though food was being brought into the camp by a, by a truck or a lorry for, for, our, for our UK English-speaking folks, came in the camp and they would distribute food. But everyone wanted the food, so they would rush and surround the truck to the point that if you try to get food and if you were short or small, which I, at 15 I, I kind of was, you would be crushed and almost to death. So you either risk to die to get food or you found a way to get food some other way. So what I did is I aligned myself with four other adults who were in the camp for the duration of my stay in the camp and we shared our resources. And thank, thanks to that, if it weren't for that alliance that I, that I made, I probably would maybe would not have survived the camp or would have a harder time in the camp, right? So they became my friends, they became my confidant and my protectors, and that made a huge difference. So coming back to your question, Mahmoud, yeah, when something bad happens to you, use that as a leverage, right? Use that as a as a learning lesson. While you're going through it, you're probably thinking, are you kidding me? You know, I'm going through chemotherapy. I'm going through homelessness. I'm going through a divorce, whatever it is. You are thinking, are you kidding me right now? But once you find a way to overcome it, then you realize that you, you will actually answer the question, I would, I would not change anything in my past life because of the lessons I learned from those rough challenges and, and experiences. Love that. Also, like uh, as much as as much as we appreciate this thing that anything that happened is good, we don't want anyone else to go through that, right? Right. Yeah, that's a critical thing that most people actually say. Like everyone who succeeded, like said this the exact same thing. Yeah. 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 We don't wish bad things to happen to anyone. Certainly not. But life being life things will happen to you, bad things will happen to you. The magnitude of that bad thing you know, would vary. You know, you may, you'll break an arm or maybe you'll, you'll drop a, an egg, a dozen eggs. But yeah, we don't wish that to happen to anyone, uh, but it, it, something will happen to you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, now, so how long have you been a coach 
how long been into a, into this profession of actually teaching other people? I think over 15 years now, and and I would say in the past uh, 10 years or so, I really focus into it more. But going back, it was probably 15 plus years, and uh, it it really happened. Uh, by accident, I don't like to say by accident because I, I took action and I made, I made certain things happen. But it was really back back when I was uh, when I was working at a company, a local company here in, in Minnesota. And someone, one of my coworkers noticed that I was, I was uh, making some interesting connections up and down the company. I mean, from the executive level to even the janitor, because I was a very personable guy. I spoke to everyone with respect. And that earned me visibility. And with that visibility came promotions. Uh, in other words, actually twi- twice uh, in the same company. And when that happened, she noticed that and she was she approached me and, and asked and said, how are you able to do all of these things? And I, I invited her to have lunch with me and talk about it. And during that lunch, I, I recommended certain things that she could do. She Because she wanted to to go higher in the company. She wanted to do better things in her life. Uh, and I gave her a suggestion. I said, well, number one, just, just start by talking to more people, right? Have lunch with people that can make decisions, people that can that can introduce you to other people and those connections and ask them 10, 15 questions and go into it with the mindset that you want to learn from them something. And anyway, long story short, she she did that and she actually got promoted within the company within about three months. So, and that really sparked the, 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 the that started the spark that really led me towards the coaching path and continuing to do it for more people. Okay, interesting, really, really interesting. So even yeah. uh, like uh, in that situation where, uh, let's say at the lunch you said, at the lunch with her, you said make connection with other people and have lunch. So like that's a really cool thing. So like do the same thing what we are doing right now to other people yeah. who need help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah just sometimes just uh, go into a meeting without any expectations. Just when you show other people that, hey, I care about you. I see you. I am interested in what you do and I can learn from you. You'll be shocked what that, what, how many doors that can open just by asking and seeking to learn from someone else. Okay, so what, how can you show that that uh, I'm interested? So maybe people are very bad at communicating what they are thinking or anything. So how can people show that we are interested? So as a person, we are interested, but how can you show through questions? How can we ask the right questions so that they feel that we are interested in them? Yeah, in this particular example, one one of the questions, what I did is actually I, I gave her 10 questions to ask to people. And I don't remember all of them off the top of my head. This was a long time ago. But I think one of them was to approach the, the person and ask them this question. How did you get to where you are today? What did you have to do in terms of education, in terms of, of knowledge, in terms of, of soul searching? How did you get to where you are today? And that's a very powerful question because most people will, will approach uh, specifically uh, people in leadership or people who are celebrities. They will approach them focusing on what they have achieved today. 
and everyone does that. Oh my God, you are Tom Cruise, and oh my God, you are Priyanka Chopra. You know, people will will focus on that celebrity aspect. But if you ask, let's say Priyanka Chopra, if you ask her and said, "What are some of the struggles that you had to overcome to be this woman today?" Then you're making a true connection because no one, I guarantee you, not a lot of people are asking her that question. What they're asking her is about, about is how, how was your last movie? What, what did you like about doing this movie with this actor? Which is really fluff if you think about it. But the true questions come from the person's background and the challenges that they had to overcome to be where they are. And so that was an example of a question that I, that I had her ask. That is actually like really, really amazing question. I would say, like one of the best questions to ask. Like, yeah, yeah, actually. So I actually want want like a, a list of questions from you, like after the conversation. A- anyway, so let's let's don't go to that. But but anyway, so uh, so now, so why? So a bit different topic, but connected to coaching that you do. So why do people procrastinate? And how can they go from procrastinating to being an active achiever? Achiever. Yeah, I think the reason people procrastinate. Well, there may be many reasons to that. Really, it could be maybe the state they are in, the state of mind. So, if they're if someone is depressed, obviously they will be procrastinating on on as many things as they can, because first of all, they would need to get over that depression, but generally speaking the general person the 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 standard human being or person that procrastinates it has to do with many things one of them is that they don't necessarily analyze or plan what they're about to do so and i have uh, i have this whole thing about uh, i think it's i have actually a free ebook about procrastination that i have on my website but i i make people go through steps i say okay if you have been procrastinating on a certain task or a number of tasks, first of all, you need to, instead of running away from them, you need to look at them carefully and analyze and understand what those tasks are. So I, I, I recommend that people create like a task list. So list out everything that you need to do. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to uh, call call a, a friend or, or something or, or a business partner. Maybe you need to, create a video, maybe you need to, to paint a room, whatever that is, write it down, write everything down, right? At, or at least the most important task that you want to get done. Maybe you want to write a book, for example, write it down. And then once you have that task list, prioritize it. You may have 50, 50 things on your list. A lot of people do because people are busy. Or you may have 10 things on your list. Prioritize that list and say, okay, which one of these 50 things is the most important thing that I need to do. And depending on your situation, you may want to focus on the one that will actually bring change your situation that you are in right now. And by that, I mean, for example, if you're struggling with finances or you want to get a different job, off that task list, what can get you closer to you getting a different job or whatever that goal is, and put that on top. And then break that task down. After you finish prioritizing, pick two or three, or even one, if you have a big task and say, okay, and let's pick a con- concrete example. Let's say I want to get a different job. So I make more money. Okay. What does that entail? Get a different job. Okay. What does that mean? Does it mean that you have to get new skills 
or does it mean that you have to go back to school or does it mean that you have to look for a different career altogether and then once you break it down then you start to realize oh there, there is more to this task than I thought. And then you can actually focus on that task and then say, okay, if I need to get a different job, what do I need to do? Right? Do I need to submit my resume, maybe five resumes a month? Okay, if that's it, what's a logical thing to do? Then you start to list down the things that you need to do to make that happen. You know, Maybe you need to revamp your resume. Maybe you need to go on LinkedIn and look for companies, set up a, a job search uh, uh, filter that would automatically be emailed to you. So, and people don't do that generally. They don't, they don't go through the steps to actually break down what they need to do to make that happen, right? And that's why a lot of people procrastinate. And there are many, again, many reasons, but that's one of the reasons. Yes, so I, I, you know, I took a few mental notes. So, which were uh, basically that, I think that you, you said that People procrastinate because they think that they have a lot of things to do because 50 is a quite big list. And they think that 50, like doing these 50 things at the time is impossible. And you then said that was prioritize this thing. And then if you prioritize, then you can you have one thing or two things or let's say three things or like only a handful of things that you can clearly focus on. And now you have a lot of time. And yeah, I, exactly. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You basically, you know, you, you think about what you want, what your task is, you prioritize the list, you, you pick one thing out of that list, you break it down into what you need to do. So smaller tasks or subtasks. And then now you actually make sure you schedule those tasks. You maybe it's once a week, once a month. So the example of sending five resumes a month, for example, make sure you do that on a regular basis. That's when you start seeing a result, when you actually plan to consciously schedule it and do it. That's when you'll start to see results. And that's when big, big things will start to happen. Absolutely. And there was one thing, like I loved another thing as well that you mentioned that breaking into subparts that you mentioned twice, but that the things that in the back you have to do. So you are thinking, let's say job, you mentioned job, and then there are, there are three different ways you can see this task. Sending resumes, looking for getting new skills or going back to school. So it, this is another thing that I really love that you mentioned. And also, I, I want to add one thing here was that is to, so I recently read, completed a book, not wrote, but read a book which like the one thing, so which said uh, that for what the book said, one basic thing that ask yourself one thing that, which is the one thing that you do right now would make everything unnecessary, like everything easy or unnecessary, everything else easy or necessary. Mm. I think that would be like, a, that goes hand to hand with that that prioritize and do focus on that one thing and everything will be easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can do 50 things for 50 years and never accomplish or complete any of them. But if you focus on one thing at a time, you could do a hundred things in a year. Amazing, amazing words. And now, 
so we, we go into the process. So the next thing I want to talk about is our clarity. So like, what is clarity and why is it important and how people can get it? Yeah, clarity is key. Uh, it just means um, being, being clear and being actually purposeful on the things that you want to accomplish in your life. Right, so being very clear on what is that plan that I want to follow to to make some of the the goals that I have in my life happen, whether it's uh, finding a a spouse or getting married, uh, starting a business, whatever that is, you need that clarity. Meaning, you need to understand why you're wanting to do this, how you're going to do it, and what that's going to actually do in your life. So how is that going to transform you or make your life better once you achieve that goal? And once you go through those steps, so that's why when you're starting a business and if you're looking for funding, the first thing they will ask you is, do you have a business plan? Right. And in that business plan is, okay, uh, what's your marketing plan? How are you going to sell this product? What's your product to start with? Who are you going to serve? And, and this is just one example. So you need to be very clear on, on things that you want to do in life. And to give you an, a concrete example, and because I like to do that, uh, so people can bring it into their life and make it, and personalize it, is when I first came to the U.S., I I uh, started by again I started from scratch, so I had to find jobs. I worked in the hospitality industry. I was a server, a food runner. I was a banquet server. I I worked as a bike messenger in Washington D.C. delivering mail to the to the Senate buildings. Right. But as I was doing that, I was I knew that my goal was to to do what I love to do. And at the time, this was, you know, getting a job, a good job that paid well so I could take care of my family. And for me to do that, I had to have clarity. And the way I got the clarity was to say, okay, the end result is this. I want to be able to take care of my family and get a good job that pays well because it would transform my family's life. So that's the end result. And I worked backwards from there. How do you get that job? Well, you need to get the qualifications. How do you get the qualifications? Well, you need to get a degree that gets you into that company so you can get the qualifications. And then I worked backwards. And then once I had that plan, I was very clear on what I needed to do. And clarity allows me to eliminate distractions. You know, you will start doing something and then all of a sudden there's, oh, there's a marketing funnel that you need to create here for a side business. No, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I have clarity. I have this goal I want to reach. So clarity allows you to say, no, this is fluff. This is distraction. Get it out of my way. I have a goal. I am zoomed in like a tiger on a meal. That's the only thing I'm going to focus on because clarity has told me that it would improve my life. And that's how powerful clarity can be. And that's how it can transform your life. Really interesting. Really interesting. So it is, it, it's all about working back from that end goal, having have the clear end goal. Let's say you, you, for you, it was like a high paying job and in a good company and working backwards from there. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, working backwards from there. And when you generally what it does, when you hit your present time where you are at right now, you realize, oh, all of the things, the other things I am doing are actually distracting me from reaching that goal. And that's an aha moment to you. And things can happen really quickly after that. Great, great, great. So we know how, how to do it. So how do you help people to overcome procrastination as well as 
get clarity? So like, how do you help people with these things? Yeah, I think for me, it's uh, I'm, I'm very, very, I'm very big on goal setting, right? Because all of these things go hand in hand. You can't have clarity if you don't have a purpose or something you're shooting for. So, i.e., a goal, right? And so, I generally make sure that people have a clear goal and they know what they want. And once that's identified, it's just a matter of of working backwards to get to that. So that clarity piece and taking the daily actions or the weekly actions or the monthly actions that you need to take to actually check those things off so you can achieve those things. And, and, and in doing so, you are eliminating distraction or and procrastination. So, so that's really generally how I, at a high level, how I like to work, work and look through it. So. Okay, that, that's cool. That's really great. Uh, now, so what, who would you say are the three biggest influences in your life? Oh, yeah, this is a tough question because I am a student at heart and a knowledge seeker at heart. So a lot of people have, have influenced me in my life and they continue to. But I would say the number one was my father. He was a, a role model to me. And this may sound like a cliche answer because a lot of people say, oh, my parents are my role models or they influenced me. And in my case, it's true because my father was uh, an illiterate man. He only had a, a, a third year of primary school education or so, or something like that. And But he managed to later in life to become a mechanical engineer for, a, for, a, for an international firm, French firm in West Africa. And he did that by self, self-teaching himself how to do all of that. He was, he taught himself to read and write. He looked at, uh, at technical manuals and figured it out to the point that he was really good at his job. And the the struggles he overcame to get there were were huge. So he is definitely one of my my influencers, my role model. Um, but I would say more recently, anyone who who encouraged me, I think I had for the longest time, Michael Hyatt was also one of my my virtual mentors. He doesn't know this because you can have a mentor without them knowing that you are their, your mentor because of how they run their businesses, how they, they their mindsets and what the things they do in their life. So I would say that's two. Um, and number three, I would say it's anyone who who um, who focuses on 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 the mindset and motivation piece. So I could say Les Brown, I could say, but there are so many other people, but one that comes to mind is probably Les Brown in how he he focuses so much on mindset and uh, and motivation, so. Yeah, great. Yeah, really, really interesting. Yeah. So, and this actually flowed to you, like uh, you mentioned your fa- father went from not knowing anything and to self, teaching everything and this actually flowed to you. So you learned clearly what you want to achieve in life and then learn all the processes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. now uh, the next thing that I want, so this is a question I always ask to all of my guests. So what is learning and education to you? Oh, this is a great question. To me, learning and education has to do with not just learning, but also the willingness to to adapt that learning. So, and I'll explain what I mean by that. So one of my greatest uh, 
quotes that, that I really like is the one from Alvin Toffler that says that the illiterate of the 21st century will not be those who cannot read and write, but those who cannot learn, unlearn and relearn. If you think about that, we all learn something. I mean, from, from kindergarten to, to university or, or whatever, we learn a ton of stuff. But as you learn things, they become obsolete and they need to be replaced, right? I, I had the planets memorized back then, the nine planets, you know, I could recite it. I still can. And the last planet was, uh, was um, Pluto. But Pluto, right? Well, Pluto is no longer a planet, <laughs> right? It's, it's, uh, it's considered to be, I think, a dwarf star or something like that. So it blew a lot of people's mind, minds when they're like, what do you mean Pluto is no longer a planet? That's crazy, right? So it's easy to learn. It's harder to unlearn something and replace it with new information. So I like to, to keep unlearning as well as learning. And uh, I think that makes me grow. And that's uh, really the, the best skill that you can have in terms of uh, this very, very nimble and, and changeable, perpetually changing world that we live in. Yeah, really great perspective. Uh, now, all, like I'll throw through two questions to you at the same time. So, but it's like, what advice would you give to your younger self? And what would be your last, like uh, what is the uh, last thing that you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I think in terms of advice, what I would say is, well, to my younger self, I would say be ambitious be bold and do it sooner, right? And because when I was growing up, I was told by, you know, a number of adults that you're way too ambitious. And that's because they would ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? And a lot of the kids were saying, I don't know, um, a salesman or something that most people did back then in where I grew up. And I would say, I want to be a fighter jet pilot or an astronaut. They'd be like, you are way too ambitious, right? And in hindsight, I wish I had pursued that sooner and then and then pursued my goals sooner because even though I wouldn't potentially maybe become an astronaut, I would have become something sooner had I just followed that that uh, ambition and that that uh, imaginative uh, idea that I had when I was a kid. Yeah, very interesting. And anything that you want to share with the audience? Any last word that you want to share? Yeah, yeah, I would just say, you know, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast, Mahmoud. This was, uh, I enjoyed being on, on the show. And that's uh, so the last thing for the audience is uh, the, the best thing you could do in life is take action, right? Go after the things that you need to do and f have a very narrow focus on what you want to see happen in your life, whatever that change may be, and you'll see amazing things happen. So, yeah, that's what I would say. And uh, certain, and I like to talk about this mindset stuff and resilience. Uh, I, if, if you're so inclined to do so, I have a podcast as well where I talk about all of these things uh, called uh, the Motivational Voice Podcast. So check it out. Yeah, sure. So other than the podcast, so where can our listeners find you online? Online, probably the best place is my website, umarjang.com. And uh, that's, uh, you'll find links to various uh, social media channels. I am on Instagram uh, and uh, Clubhouse and, of course, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so at, at ODIENG, it's O-D-I-E-N-G. So 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, okay, thanks again for coming on the show. So we will add the links with the description for like let's play the video as well as the audio with it. So again, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on the show. We love hearing talking with you. And yeah, and that's how we end the show. And I'm sure like the listeners got a ton of value out of it. Bye to our listeners and thanks for listening to the show.